0: Please join me in prayer. May the words of my mouth and meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. One of my favorite places to go for lunch is in the plaza, and it's been that way for a long time. I just love to I love to eat there. I love to go down. I love to support our local businesses and hang out. and. It's a good walk. Uh, as I count my steps, it's about a thousand miles each way, uh, a thousand miles, a thousand steps. A th- oh, it were a thousand miles, right? A thousand steps from my favorite restaurants to, to my office. So I can get my 10,000 steps every day, provided I, I get that walk in, which always helps me stay a little fitter and, and, and more trim. About three years ago, I had lunch with a dear friend whose office is just north on Glacelle and and she's a very direct person. And um, I had a, a large shirt on, a XL shirt, a pair of pants that was probably a forty-six thirty that was too low in the legs and too big around the middle. And, and we got on our way to Gabby's, and she turned around at the corner where the Chase Bank is now, where the old beauty college was. And she looked at me and she said, you're wheezing. I said, no, I'm not. And she goes, just stop for a minute. You're wheezing. And I could hear myself go, "Uh, uh, uh." now what? Well, I'll have the fish tacos, and then I'll have no chips, and no salsa, and a water, and no deep fried ice cream, and blah, blah, blah. She said, you're breathing like you're going to die. That's a friend. That's someone who loves you. And I could have said, "You know what? You've offended me. You hit me where I hurt the most." And she was right. Sweating, wheezing, and a mess. <gasps> How's your breathing? How are the respirations of your soul? What is your soul breathing in, and what is your soul breathing out? What is the spiritual vitality of your life right now? As you come into this sanctuary this morning, as you've taken the the, the first marvelous Sunday in four of sunshine and said, I'm going to go to church before I go to the beach. Do you sit in church this morning and hear yourself spiritually wheezing a little bit and saying, I've got to do something to breathe better? Some are strong. Some are wheezing. Up the steps, into the ramp, into the pew. How's your breathing today? In our scripture reading from Acts chapter 2, that beautiful reading that Susan did a great job with all those names, what a marvelous job, it's the hardest reading of the whole year, there's breathing and breath going on. Peter stands up and, and he says, this is what it's all about. But he does that after the Lord breathes out his Holy Spirit, after there's wind and fire and flame and all this stuff. And the people's breath might literally have been taken away and then peter breathes out he breathes out a marvelous gift of of god's good news in jesus christ and he starts out with these words this jesus this jesus i wonder if our culture is wheezing a little bit seems to be the culture breathes very quickly and the faster it breathes, the less oxygen it seems and the less reasonability, the less rationality it gets. It seems to be like a, like a person who has a, a, a chronic breathing problem. The culture kind of breathes in the polluted air of self-centeredness and breathes out the air of pride. It breathes in the air of my choices, my things that I like, my tastes, my gifts, my abilities, my needs. And all of life seems to revolve revolve around the breathiness of me and society chokes and suffers on the suffocating air of the self and maybe there's a bigger place to breathe for our culture than simply the oxygen air of me congregationally we're in a marvelous time it's it's a great time to be at St. John's but it ain't an easy time It's easy for you to just come in and say, well, I'm going to do my thing. I like this and I don't like that. This person rubs me the wrong way. This person is my buddy. And the danger of the 21st century church is different than the danger of the first century church. The first century church urgently getting the message of Jesus Christ out. The 21st century church sometimes breathing in the air of me, 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 and I, I, I. I like, I want, I got to have. Rather than breathing in the lifeblood of the gospel of Jesus Christ, religion and faith and church turn into that which is about self. And losing the power of the good news, breathing in an angry air, and then struggling when the mission doesn't bear fruit. Personally, where are you? What are you breathing in today? (sighs) Maybe you've got things going on in your life. Someone may sit next to you and say, man, it seems like you're huffing and puffing, wheezing and struggling. Where do you find yourself? Have you looked at the responsibilities of your life now that the foot has come off the gas of, 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 uh, the, of the spring and now you're into the summer and you say, you know what, it doesn't seem like it's any easier. I'm, I'm still cranking away. Your job, your to-do list, maybe pieces of your painful past, maybe being unsure of your future, and you feel like you're wheezing just a little maybe this morning it's me or this scripture saying, I hear you. Breathe in something deeper and richer than the air of self. I love the story both of Adam and Eve and I love the story of Lazarus because I wonder how that worked. I wonder what it was like. God made Adam, formed him in his own image, and then did he lay him like on a rock, like on a shelf? And then Adam was there like the, the, the handiwork of God. And then did, did the Lord reach down and, and just blow on him and cover him up with that nefesh hayah, the breath of life? Or did he kneel like all of us who are CPR-instructed kind of at the shoulders and breathe into Adam's lungs, The breath of life. And then what did it feel like for Adam? You say, man, this is great. Did he already have the mind of God when he woke up? Did did his fingers tingle? Did his toes wiggle? We know that he didn't have a belly button. But other than that, he was just like us. Think about that. And all of a sudden, he rolled over, got up, and was alive. Or did he lay there and he opened his eyes and the lord said adam and adam said lord and the first breath that adam breathed out did he breathe back in the face of god as god had indeed brought life and vitality to adam in that beautiful garden of eden or the story of god's breath for lazarus i love that one lazarus been in the four in the grave four days the, the, the word, as he read it in a funeral last week, said, he stinks. He's odorous. In the words of the old King James, he stinketh. And Jesus called out. He said, Adam, come out. Lazarus, come out. What did that feel like? Did he go, ah! Did his eyes pop open? Did his fingers wiggle? Could he feel his heart reanimate and go? What was it like to to take those grave clothes off, to smell the aloes and all the pieces of death, but to have your lungs filled with the breath of life? Did he all of a sudden churn through the list of things he had to do and say, I got to get to Mary and Martha, I got to give him a hug. Martha's going to want to make dinner and Mary's going to want to sit and talk. But either way, there's lots of life and lots of vitality and lots of breathing to be done down here. And I wonder what it's like when the Lord rolls up His sleeves, opens His mouth, and breathes His Spirit out upon you and me and His church and the culture. And the people and the church and the culture breathe in the Spirit of God's grace. Seems to me when you preach on the Holy Spirit, it's easy to say, I, 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 me, me, me. The Spirit told me, the Spirit said to me, I know from the Spirit Here's what God told me to tell you. Give lots more money. And that's not what what Peter's message is. Rather, Peter drives no sentences with I. But he drives those sentences with Jesus. This Jesus, whom you crucified, is both Lord and Christ. This Jesus, not the other one, this one. The one who was on the cross and was alive. The one who we've all beheld. The one who's living and breathing. This Jesus, who breathed his breath unto us in a quiet, closed room and said, Go! That Jesus is alive and well. And his spirit is breathing out on you today. Huffing and puffing, whether you're wheezing or breezing that breath of the Spirit is yours. And He breathes a fresh breath of grace and a fresh breath of restoration and a fresh breath of forgiveness and new life. That's what the Spirit brings to us here and now, here to us today. We breathe out sin and God breathes out forgiveness. We breathe out brokenness of life and relationships and God breathes in healing reconciliation, we breathe out chaos, and God breathes in peace and order and love. This Jesus, not another one, this one, the one who was crucified, the one who rose again. This Jesus is the Christ who is the yes of the Father and the Lord of lords and the King of kings, this Jesus is the one who breathes his spirit on you this morning. About three weeks ago, I was riding my mountain bike on the steepest part of Santiago Oaks Hill, the top of a third hill. There's one, and then two's kind of flat, and three's killer. And I've got my bike set up so that my iPhone is, sits on it and I can pick up whatever's going on. That doesn't mean you should call me when I'm out, but I'll pick up because it's kind of a macho thing. I want to pick up when I'm on my bike because it's a sign that I'm a little more fit than I was three years ago wheezing down in the plaza. So I'm riding my bike up the hill and doing my thing. I'm in this very steep part. It's a little bit more of a technical part of the ride. You've got to keep the nose of the bike down because if it comes up, you stop and then you get off. And my son and I have a rule that once you've carried a hill one time, you never get off and walk again. It's easier said than done. Puffing and puffing and moving up the hill. And my phone rings and it says, mother-in-law. Barb's parents had been staying with us over our son's graduation from Chapman. and It's fun to have them. Barb's father is good with his hands and easy to have around. Her mother's always willing to help and hang out. And, and so I didn't know what was going on. And older people from rural parts of America come to California. God only knows where they end up. We're on the road to Vegas. Is Prim, close to home. No, turn around. We're down by the airport. It says LAX on it. Is that anywhere close to you? No. So when they call, I pick up. My mother-in-law said, how are you doing? I said, doing great. I had a wireless earphones in and was listening to a little music and She said, we need the code to get into the house. And I said, well, the code is, I'm not telling you, I'll have people sitting in my, (laughs) eating my Ben and Jerry's when I get home. But I gave them the code and then I waited for the, for the, hear the grind of the lock. I heard in the background, no, Gene, that's not right. And then I heard, okay, the door opened. Got it, Tim, Bye. And in that whole two-minute exchange, I wasn't breathless. Kept breathing. Kept churning those legs on that bike. Stayed strong and made sure that I was not only at the top of the hill to the flag at the top of the park at the end of the ride, but that I was not wheezing and huffing and puffing to get there. It was with a sense of satisfaction that I pulled underneath the American flag at the top of the park knowing in my heart that I'm physically much more healthy than the wheezing mess that I was three years ago. In our life of faith, when God breathes into us, it makes us stronger, more resilient, more confident, able to be built up and encouraged. And Christians don't try harder, we train harder so that our spiritual respirations are stronger. We go through painful things and difficult pieces not wheezing and gasping but finding meaning and purpose in them and then when we come through them we, like a biker on a hill we breathe a little stronger we're a little tougher physically and emotionally and spiritually because of what we've been through. God builds up Christians as he breathes upon us and we breathe out grace and love and connection in community. And churches and congregations, he links together with love and relationships, with service and kindness, connecting, growing, and sharing. That's what the Spirit of God does. In Acts chapter 2, beginning at verse 36, Luke writes, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And the church was born. Devoted to Christ and devoted to one another, they were breathing the breath of the Spirit and breathing the breath of the Spirit into their culture and their community. And make no mistake, Christians and Christianity changed the scope of the world. Over a billion people know Jesus as Lord right now. And more and more every day, faster and faster, especially in the southern hemispheres, Asia, Africa, and South America, people are coming to Christ as the Spirit blows His gospel fresh and anew across an entire generation of people. Thousands and millions of people coming to Christ. Christianity transformed the world. Slavery, slavery went away in the name of Christ. Women were empowered in the name of Christ. The first rabbi who had women in his entourage was Jesus. Children who were ignored and neglected, handicapped people who were left on the sideline, lepers who had never been a part of society. All of those were brought into the culture and into a, 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 a marvelous sense of being loved and included. Because the breath of Christianity went across the pagan world and transformed absolutely everything it touched. That's what happens when the Spirit breathes out through Christians and church and into culture. That's what the gospel does when it touches hearts and lives. I've got some challenges that I'd like to get out to get even more physically fit. I'd like to find a way to do about a 40 mile bike ride. And in order to do that, I have gotta make hay. I've gotta get up and get moving. I can get about 25 miles in and then I'm ready to die, huffing and puffing and my heart rate at about 155. It just is not, I'm just not there yet. But nothing happens without setting goals and getting after it. So I wonder what your summer challenge will be your summer challenge to move your Bible from your bookshelf to your nightstand and to pick up and let the Word of God breathe new life into your soul. Getting rid of the air of self, the toxic air of politics, or the thin air of pride, but breathing in deeply through God's Word, His love for you, or maybe downloading an app and turning on your earphones and saying, I'm going to listen to a chapter a day throughout this summer until I'm where I need to be. Or maybe in your life you don't want to be average. See, the average person at St. John's comes to worship 1.79 times a month. 1.79 times a month. How do you break that barrier in your life if that's where you're at? And how do we as a congregation break that barrier and help people breathe a little easier when life's a little quicker because it starts in here as the spirit breathes out and you breathe in the word and promise of God in the community of faith. So breathe easy. Take deep, deep breaths in the spirit of God's love and God's care for you. Breathe easy because of his incredible love for you. Breathe the breath of faith, the breath of encouragement, the breath of courage. For that's the breath of the Spirit poured out on Pentecost and poured out for you this morning. Amen.